0: This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember, leaders make things happen. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited to have a longtime friend, David Beavers, online with me today. Welcome, David. Hi, Hans. Great to talk to you. Yeah, I'm here in Colorado, and you are in Nashville, Tennessee, where you live. How long have you lived there in Nashville? Oh,
1: gosh. Well, I I, was, I grew up in Atlanta, but I came to Vanderbilt as a student in 1965, and um I've moved out of the city a few times, but basically my adult life has been lived here. Uh, had my kids here and ministry in the past, and now uh, I work out of my home, married to Sally uh so nashville's
0: really my home well shout out to all of you listeners there in the nashville area and i've been in your lovely home uh, with you and sally you have a beautiful place really 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 cool well let's tell uh, the listeners for starters uh david beavers who's david beavers um, <laughs> <laughs> you and i just had an interesting conversation about that if i were to ask you the question who is david beavers what would be your first response
1: wow well, that's uh the 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 first response is always to kind of tell you what i do and uh, and i will i'll mention that first I, I say this is what i think i do i'm a teacher i'm a mentor i'm a leader um And I think that the hat that I wear most comfortably today is that of sort of a spiritual director and mentor to people. I get my paycheck, my delivery system for keeping things going and paying the bills is I'm a national marketing director with a large international uh, direct sales company called National Safety Associates, which makes the product Juice Plus. But um, who am I? I'm I'm a 66-year-old man who's uh, been through a lot of experience and... uh, just want to be available to people now. And um I'm very blessed and have a great wife and six grown children, fifteen grandchildren. I wear a lot of hats.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I do. And uh, you and I were just talking uh, before we got recording here about how we we men always ask each other, you yeah, know, the second question is, what do you do? But, you know, the older you get, the more you realize your position should not define who you are. And uh, to me, I, I'm i a, you know, follower of Jesus, a husband of Donna. Uh, yeah. I'm the parent to four great kids and my uh five grand I've only got five grandkids, but uh yeah. And uh, you're an author also. Uh you have
1: a new yeah. book. What's the name of your book? I wrote a novel called Letters to Jonathan. It's sort of a fictionalized version of my own life. I decided that it's easier to tell the truth when I write fiction. And uh <laughs> I, like so I can I can talk about people who don't exist but I really know who they are, you know? Yes. So it's, I, put, I put that out, self-published a couple of years ago, and it's it's a, a strong personal story of redemption and um, second
0: chances. Great, great book. Let's We're going to tell people how to get a hold of you and your website at the end of the show here, but go ahead. And since you, we brought up the book, uh, how can they uh, find out more about the book?
1: Well, I would just go to davidbeavers.net, okay, and there's David a tab Be- there that you can click on and get the book, and you can either order it through Amazon or you can contact me personally. All right. Either way, davidbeavers.net.
0: I think we need to tell the listeners our story, how far back. Okay, everybody knows now we're we're not exactly spring chickens. That we're, that's right. <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, one of the great privileges of this stage in our life is I think we do have a lot of wisdom. You know, if you, if you learn from your mistakes, you end up having a lot of wisdom. And you made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. But you and I go way back to graduate school Wow, forty what, years!
1: Forty years we've known each other. Forty years ago, this this fall, wow. we started in seminary together
0: in Dallas, Texas, and right. uh, we were in our twenties. Can you
1: believe it? I know it. Gosh, <laughs> uh, that was you know it was it was it was almost forty years ago, and I would say that those four years that we overlapped each other's lives they were tremendous times, and and really laid a, a huge piece of foundation, built sort of a container for me that defined me. And then later I, I found ways to let that come apart, so to speak. But it's all its all good.
0: Yeah. And uh, you and I were connected through a discipleship group. And I kind of looked up <laughs> to you as a big brother. Uh, and uh, that was kind of cool. And then we lost touch for really almost 30 years. And yeah. then, uh, Donna and I joined uh, NSA and Juice Plus, And right. lo and behold, there's David Beavers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep it's it, it, we came back together and uh you, you and I it's just been so much fun. We haven't missed a step, so no, to speak that's right. and we have those memories, and we've done some things together, you know from from the front of the room, trying to uh, share our uh, experiences to people.
0: You know, um, the theme today of uh, what we're going to talk about is called Bouncing Back. And I've talked in some of my podcasts about how many leaders don't finish well. And I had somebody write me the other day and say, Well, Hans, what's the message do you have to people that have had great uh, failure, disappointment? They've washed out. They've flaked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've flipped out, whatever. And they uh, they want to get back in the game. And you, you're writing some great... Uh, email mm-hmm. blogs that you're going to eventually get onto your website, but you wrote one not long ago, Bouncing Back, and I just thought, wow, this would be a great topic for my podcast. So um, we're going to get into the Bouncing Back particulars, but would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about your your journey from seminary and being a pastor to being a national marketing director? Yeah,
1: it, when you read the scriptures, Hans, you know this better than anybody. There are um, people in the Bible that are warnings and an exam- and then there are people who are examples. And if you ever end up in the, a book like the Bible, you want to be an example. Unfortunately, <laughs> my life, uh, I, hopefully the, the finish of it, as we're talking about finishing strong, will be an example. But there was a period there that uh, would have been a great case study of a warning. Don't do what this guy did. Don't mess up like this guy did. Because I, I came out of seminary, had a lot of promise, a lot of personality, a lot of charm. And uh, to make a very long story short and um not disclose too much i just i really walked away from a marriage uh that was crumbling i had to leave the ministry and and lost everything that i thought was david beavers everything that i thought defined me was gone and the majority of it was at my own doing there were other fat mitigating factors that contributed to this uh suffering this demise this loss uh and uh I kind of uh, wondered what to do with this uh, loss of identity, loss of purpose, loss of direction for probably six or eight years. And it slowly started coming together. Again, a lot of healing. I used to tell people that uh, the first 20 years of my adult life, I was in counseling, professional counseling, family counseling. The last 20 years, I have been in counseling. I've been (laughs) getting a lot of help, a lot of direction. And as a result, the healing has come. And I think uh, uh, the the big piece I would share with those who are listening who who've maybe not messed up like as much as i did uh but just are just stumbling right now and not knowing what to do is that that falling apart that suffering that loss is part of the plan it's part of the deal that gets us to where god wants us to be it's that it is the failure it is the uh, the collapse sometimes and the relapse that reminds us Gently reminds us that, that he's inviting us into to letting go of everything we think is going to give us worth and hope and completeness. And usually the things we're counting on were never intended to be that foundation. So that all that over time, the things that pass are going to be stripped away. And we, we come, come down to a core. And it's in that loss and that suffering that we, uh, we really discover his grace and his goodness and compassion in a way we would have never known. Uh, apart from that. And that's, in a three-minute summary, kind of the story. That's, you know, uh, let me
0: just say that, uh, yeah, when when we were in seminary in our 20s, you know, you're so idealistic. You, you're going to take the world by the tail, mm-hmm. and, and you've got all the answers, and then when mm-hmm. you get older, you don't even know the questions anymore. But one thing that i i know you're humble about your accomplishments uh but you've been with nsa now for over 20 years is it right yeah mm-hmm. and and dave you're I mean, you're a huge um, one of the top leaders in the whole company globally uh, you have made a mass uh, a massive success in the business world, but I see you as uh, in the ministry world we talk about business' as mission or you know people right. who are not just professional Christians but Christian professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're, uh, to me, uh, a great example of a a very successful businessman now. But I just see you having such spiritual influence by your teaching and by your mentoring and now your writing. And I just think it took a whole lot of pain, didn't it, to get there? It did. But here you have this platform. You didn't give up. Why did you not give up on God? You know, especially on God. Why didn't you give up on him?
1: You know, I I think I... I, I never really moved away from this core piece that that God loves me. And while I was floundering, uh, I had a lot of disillusionment, a lot of discouragement regarding organized religion, the church, those types of things. But at my core, even while I was floundering, and, and some would say even living in sin, quote unquote, there was a core piece that I knew that I was a, a beloved human being and that I was I had value, and so I kind of hung on to that while I thrashed about with these other issues. And um, I got some good help. I got I got a lot of uh, direction. I've, I've been deeply immersed in a lot of twelve-step uh, philosophy literature. It's so biblical. It's so true. It's so so authentic. And it brought me, in reality, when I was floundering and casting off everything I thought was true, it, th- that process actually brought me back to the simple uh, devotion to Jesus. I would have to say that recovery and 12 steps and the therapy I received and the great mentors that came along uh, who accepted me, Mm -hmm. And who loved me They brought me back to that tender place uh, With with the Lord That's
0: awesome You didn't blame God for your failure But you recognized that uh, you were responsible Let's talk about bouncing back Okay Okay. Let's try to give uh, uh, You you wrote a great um, email blast the other day On bouncing back yeah, and uh, let's, uh, you have some great uh, distinctions in there between resilience and persistence. Would you unpack that for us, some?
1: Well, uh, the persistence, and ba- I mean the, the idea of bouncing back sometimes is is equated with be- the comeback. What I've learned in reading and personal experience is that persistence. It can allows you to sort of stay in the game. You sort of remain a groupie. You don't give up. You don't step out for various reasons. Maybe they're financial. Maybe their image. Whatever. But resilience is more of an inner peace that uh, causes you to really not just stay around, but to re-enter. Uh, with energy and enthusiasm and passion so I, I think I think there are a lot of people we meet that are sort of, that have a persistence is kind of the ability to stay in the game to not quit and it's it's needed for the long haul you know like in in the Christian life as in our business most things that are worth doing are not, hundred yard dashes, but they're marathons. That's
0: right. Let me just say, no matter those of you who are listening, no matter what you're trying to accomplish or what you're doing or what your job is, or persistence is absolutely critical, isn't it? People who are successful are persistent and they realize whatever I'm pursuing, it is a marathon. Very few people become successful overnight but i love the word resilience and i actually used it in a podcast on change just a couple weeks ago to me it means spongy it means flexible doesn't it yeah
1: a little spring yeah yeah and i think what you giving all due credit to persistence people have persistence but they may be lacking in resilience resilience in my business and perhaps ministry situations too is is critical because it not only keeps us in the in the race, but it when you, you get off track, it brings us back. When we get knocked off course, it brings us back, and when we get knocked down, it brings it helps us stand back up. Persistence will tell you not to quit, but it can't keep that willingness and humility to let go of our failures. Some people just going to hang on and bemoan and beat themselves up with failure and they're they're hanging in there, but they're just still, they they haven't been able to brush off their failures and mistakes and keep moving forward. And resilience is more than just having a thick skin. It's, I think we learned this in seminary and this has served us well, Hans, is that it's having such a big picture and such an encouraging perspective on our lives that, that, you know, I knew that God loved me even when I was in this dark place, that setbacks and disappointments, um, don't cripple us to the place that we we have no future. So resilience is that now. Let's talk about
0: miss- uh, Brene Brown. It's, yeah, uh, I just I love Brene Brown. And uh, you and I are both huge fans of her. And uh, she lists five common factors of resilience. You've added three more. I'd like yeah. us to click yeah. through these eight I'll key factors. And, and let me just remind our listeners that all these notes will be at com. If you look at the episode on the uh, interview with David Beavers, you can find uh, this list. But let's click through this list, okay?
1: Okay. Number one uh- – Some of these are are Brene's, but then I've embellished and added a few. People with resilience are resourceful and have good problem-solving skills. Number two, people with resilience are more likely, this is big, to ask for help. You know I did that. Mm. When I was in the ministry, Hans, uh, I didn't know that piece about asking for help. I was kind of a lone ranger, but... When I really got lost and disappointed in myself, I started asking for help, and that made a huge difference. People with resilience, number three, hold the belief that they can do something that will help them to manage their feelings and to cope. In other words, I felt like in the worst moments, there's something I could carve out, something that I could do. Number four, wait, wait, people wait.
0: with— I, Yeah, I'd like to understand that one a little bit better. Okay. Uh, could you unpack that one a little bit more? Well,
1: you know, this, I got I, I knew this intuitively, but I read it. When I read Brene's book, The Gifts of Imperfection, it may be genetic. It may be from environment. But it's the attitude that however dark it gets, there's a a place that I can go and cope and manage and hold on even while the darkness has not lifted. That I can still, I still know it's going to get better. Okay. All right. It's that. It's that kind of piece. And a lot of it, I think, comes from, from just some core piece that we get. Early on, yeah, I think I think God gives it to us. Uh, number four, these kind of overlap at times. Um, people with resilience have the social support available to them. Again, we don't have to do this alone.
0: I like that a lot because in your story, you I'm sure the listeners heard what I heard. You said there were some people that surrounded you and believed in you, right. So Absolutely. That's what you're saying is you cannot fix yourself by yourself. You really need the people around you to help help you recover, help you to bounce back.
1: And you need you need some mirrors. Yeah, that's in good. front of you. And the big piece about these people, they cannot they cannot carry a shred of judgment. Mm. And it has to be because you've got to be able to expose the very best and the very worst. And the people sitting there are not moved either by my sincerity or by my sin. They just accept me mm. as a person. So that's a big piece. People with resilience are connected with others. Again, uh, these seem overlapping, but there's a deep connection with friends and maybe some family. Sometimes families aren't aren't the ones, but it's a core core group of friends. Number six, people with resilience have a sense of ownership for their choices and the outcomes of their choices. They are not blamers or quick to find fault in others. For me, this has been the biggest piece, and I see it in working with people. We don't grow up until we stop blaming Mm. others, and we take full responsibility. I didn't say take full blame, but we take responsibility for our choices and our responses to what happens. Number seven, People with resilience have learned how to have hopeful self-talk, and I borrow this from Brené. I think it's tremendous, and it's because without hopeful self-talk, we hear things in our head like "This was supposed to be different. It's not. It's not worth the effort. Or this should be easier." It's, it's hard because I'm not any good at it or I'm not any good at all. But hopeful sal- self-talk sounds more like life is in my business or the ministry is simple, but it's not easier. If this is tougher than I expected, but I can do it. So that that's... Again, another another whole piece that needs expanding. Resilience gave me the capacity to bounce back from this, this time of discouragement. But it reduces, once you realize, it, it sort of reduces your downtime. We do have disappointments, but we, we learn to discipline our d- disappointments and um, to let go of our resentments and to start accepting life on its own terms. And at the risk of sounding like a cliche, how we can make lemonade <laughs> some some pretty bad lemons
0: uh, let me just say before you go to the last one i love this point about self-talk because i i i think uh Wow, it's such a huge thing. We are so, so many of us are so driven by our self-talk, and it can destroy us or it can help us. And
1: mm-hmm. I know
0: in my own journey in recent years, I've had to relearn a lot of hopeful self-talk and getting around safe people who believe in me and not yeah. listening to the negative voices. But sometimes the most negative voice is our own self-talk. And so you're right. People with resilience have to learn to have hopeful self-talk.
1: I, I don't know what the, the listeners here, what their resources are, but I, in my personal experience, a good counselor is, is a good place to unearth the chatter that's in our heads and face it and deal with it and with compassion acknowledge. It. It's not so much, well, I've got to stop doing this. I've got to stop saying this to myself. It's just more or less becoming aware of what the chatter is in our head and how it's been there for so long. And a, a good counselor Maybe a good friend can say, you know, this, this is what's going on here. Let's look at that. And so I would encourage people who are in a place of change and growth and, and discouragement whatever, whatever to, to perhaps think about Aye. getting totally getting, agree with you. Getting with someone who can help them.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of us could use a little therapy and counseling. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I went to a counselor for a period of about a year. I was just really discouraged with myself. And the one thing, he talked to me about framing things, which is another mm-hmm. way of saying this self-talk. He says, Hans, you can frame your failure as beating up on yourself and, you know, just... Just quit quit being so down on yourself. You need to frame what's happening to you as part of uh, the positive journey of one thing. What God's doing with you. Uh, it's the old principle of failure is the back door to success. Mm-hmm. We have to learn to frame things uh, if we believe what I believe and you and I believe what the Bible says that all that God wants out of our lives will be accomplished. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're on a
0: positive trajectory, uh, and he really wants that for us and and so uh yeah, anyway, I just love that the framing idea, framing things in a positive light, not not well, letting those you, negative voices pound you
1: you're You're this german high <laughs> achieving kind of guy, and i'm I'm right there with you on that here's 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 a big piece of self talk and and it has to do with shame. And, uh, you know, guilt tells us that we screwed up, and shame tells us that we are screwed up. Mm. And, yeah. and here's, here's, here's a little thing that I've just uh, learned and, and pay attention to myself shame means should have already mastered everything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and you put that in the Christian context. Oh, God. And, and the struggle we have with perfection yes. and failure, we just beat ourselves to death because we're always saying, you know, I've been a Christian for 40 years. I've been doing this business for 32 years. I should have already mastered this. Mm -hmm. I should have. And so we beat ourselves up because we fall and we fail again. And we think it's because we're flawed. And it's really because God's saying, you know, look, I'm inviting you to let go of all this false propping up where you get your worth. Just, you know, come to me and, here it is, but shame's huge, and that's part of the that's one of the big pieces that a good counselor will help us with because it is it is the engine that drives our um, our self-destructive thinking and self-destructive behavior. So we got to deal with that. You know, Number uh,
0: eight. Okay, I'm sorry, i got to slip in here. Uh, some, yeah. some affirmations that I've written for myself that I often uh, I try to read every morning, but uh, just kind of set myself off in the right direction, thinking the good things about me. But I also have this one verse that I like to read every single day related to this topic, and it's Philippians 1, 6 in the message. It says, mm-hmm. There has never been the slightest Doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. <laughs> to me, that is just beautiful. That's yeah. a beautiful promise that I cling to every day.
1: You know, the good say that, read it again a little bit. Just, just cover uh, Philippians 1
0: 6. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you will keep at it. And bring it to a flourishing finish on that very day Christ
1: Jesus appears. Right. right. I like it. He started it when we were conceived. Yeah. I yeah, believe it. Yeah. I believe he started it then, not at some moment down the road when we quote, saw the light, accepted Jesus, but from conception, he's drawing, designing mm. this intimacy we were created with and for. You know, we were loved before we had a face.
0: Yeah. What a great segue into your last point, number eight. Yeah,
1: (laughs) number eight. Okay, I probably could have said these in three or four, but people with resilience tend to have a deep sense of spirituality, which is not the same as being super religious or holding to a rigid belief system. Resilient people, this is what I'm learning, have a faith and a power and a purpose greater than themselves, a belief and a personal connection with other people based on love and compassion and um so and i said that first part about it's not the same as being super religious or holding to a religious religious or rigid belief system we spend a lot of time too much time deciding who's in and who's out mm-hmm. and and i think that the bigger picture particularly when you fall and fail and collapse and self-destruct in so many ways is that uh, you realize that, that God loves us and that He, we can't impart that to others until we've experienced it ourselves. So resilient people believe in the values of hard work. They're persistent. But they also know that the life they have inside of them is a, is a gift itself. Mm. It's a mystery. Wow. It's a mystery.
0: That's good stuff, David. Thank you so much. Bouncing back. I want you to read this poem uh, by Philip Brooks, who uh, who published The Little Christmas Carol, A Little Town of Bethlehem in 1868. A, uh,
1: uh, would you read that for us? Yeah, I, I use it a lot just to encourage people. And uh, it's, it's sort of a, a prayer that makes sense to me and, and resonates with me. So he, this is what he says. Brooks says, Do not pray for easy lives pray to be stronger people. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Then the doing of your work shall be no miracle, but you shall be a miracle. Every day you shall wonder at yourself and the richness of your life, which has come to you by the grace of God. Wow. Great stuff.
0: David, remind people again how they can get a hold of you and learn more about you and uh, to get your book, Letters to Jonathan.
1: Just go to Uh, www.davidbeavers that's spelled like the animal with an S davidbeavers.net everything you need to know and more than you need to know is there (laughs) so uh I look forward to hearing from, from y'all.
0: Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for our friendship that has spanned all these decades and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, okay, Hans. buddy?
1: Let's do it again. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been Hans
0: Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.